0: listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard. And you are listening to TV slash gold. Alright, so so what I'm getting at here folks, this is this is very important. I didn't go write a long dissertation on this I don't have a script I'm following I'm just speaking from you know my heart on this but what I saw happen and and again I was in and around it um, on social media so I got to see the Twitter movement and Twitter was the place to be you know Twitter and Reddit you know 4chan started to grow so I got to see the social media side of it But as I told you, I was on InfoWars a few times in my Trump character, uh, once as myself. So I was following a lot of InfoWars to see when they were talking about places where I could text them and go, Hey, can I come on the show? It would fit in there. Uh, At the same time, I was doing uh, podcasting every day with uh, Halsey English. And so I would come on and commentate on all this stuff. I was going to Trump rallies dressed as Trump, so I got to see real people in real life. On the night of the uh, inauguration, I was in Washington, D.C., and I showed up as Trump uh, for the... Deplorable, which was at the National Press Club. That was actually on my birthday, January nineteenth, the day before the inauguration. That was the one I told you Gavin McGuinness was there, Mike Cernovich, Jack Pasobic, all those characters. Uh Sheriff David Clark. So I got um, made a lot of contacts for my comedy stuff. And then the next night I performed at a Deplorable. It was hosted by the Gaze for Trump. And I'll be honest, folks, I was like, this is so weird. I can't believe I'm actually at a gaze event. Uh, But this was it. This was the rise, the beginning of the new right. But deep inside, um, I was saying to myself, well, if we build this coalition, and again, for me, the important part was building the wall. That had always been my issue, was border security and ending all of this corruption connected to illegal immigration and stop going and interfering in these people's countries and Central America and Mexico and South America and creating upheaval and then bringing them into this country. I thought a lot of that was going to be exposed and talked about. So I said, well, if it takes gays and trannies and people in leather-clad pants and all this stuff to get this done. If Trump can get these people on board, get a uh, mandate from the people to secure the border because build the wall and basically lock her up and drain the swamp or the three big slogans, then so be it. I will reach across the aisle and be friends with these folks who seem to have come over onto my side of the aisle and we'll see how it goes from there. But now what has occurred and what I feared was going to happen is that the whole idea behind not just traditional conservatism, but even the policies that we wanted, build the wall and such, all fell by the wayside. And and around this time, I had met Marie Albanese and her and I talked about this. And once we became disenchanted with Trump, once we realized we weren't getting the policies that we had supported in campaign for. We started to say to ourselves, and this was publicly on some podcasts, what the hell? You know, we ended up getting this uh, parade, or as Peter just said a month ago, this heterogeneous group. Okay, a diverse in character or content. And yes, it was diverse in characters, folks. (laughs) And yes, it was diverse in content. But what we did is we flooded all of these folks that really ideologically did not align with anything we actually wanted. It was almost like it was done on purpose to water down and end once and for all the final vestiges of conservatism in this country and it goes a lot deeper than that but that's what we ended up with basically a clown show and you would have to say to yourself well in the end what did that do it created chaos and from that chaos will come order and that order now appears to be this idea of a technocratic king and so I think that is the push we are going to see, this Curtis-Yarvin idea. So they have totally watered down uh, the the right, and now they call it the new right, and there's nothing right about it anymore. No one is talking about border security other than Peter Thiel's electronic prison wall system that he built, which really is just being test, tested at the border to be used on us. Uh, but there's no more of that talk. And so, if the technocratic king comes into place, what is he doing other than installing a prison planet, the cyber prison planet matrix that we will all live in? So, I believe this was all done intentionally. And I will eventually continue to go down the path to investigate Peter Thiel's involvement. In building up the new right, there's many, many, many who believe that a number of these influencers were paid for uh, by Peter Thiel and came up through Peter Thiel. Also, Steve Bannon has managed many of them. Look, you have Curtis Yarvin saying that he really respected the authoritarian power of Lenin and Napoleon. Steve Bannon has said that he is a Leninist. Yarvin wants to tear down the entire system and says, reboot it, reset it, and replace it with this monarchy, where Steve Bannon has also said, like Lenin, he wants to tear down the entire system. Well, what, what are we talking about here? You can tear down the entire system or you can restore the system. Now, some may believe that It is so corrupt it needs to be torn down. Now, if you say we're going to reset it back to the Constitution or we're going to reset it back to the Articles of Confederation or we're going to reset it back to, you know, the the Declaration of Independence and then rebuild a new Constitution— Okay, let's have a conversation about that. But you were literally talking about tearing down the entire system and replacing it with a monarchy, which will be coupled with a technocracy, which will be fascist communism. So do you see where I'm going with this, folks? You have Thiel one month ago talking about this new movement, which is supposedly the conservative movement, which is heterogeneous, which is diverse in character or content, right? Which is nothing. It's nothing. It is the new right that he has built. It's called the new right, but it is nothing more than a chaotic mess of folks who will put on the proverbial MAGA hat when told to do so, and they will cheer on. I think this is what their hopes are. Their plan is they will cheer on. Whatever comes out of the mouth of whether it be Donald Trump, uh Ron DeSantis or whoever, they have rise as the new political leader. And so they will be able to march them into this idea of fascist communism. I- I'm telling you, like you could see it clearly. There was a reason uh this was all done strategically. The QAnon movement, I think at this point, everyone could admit, was some sort of psychological warfare. Uh, It was, I think, some sort of a test, basically some kind of mind control thing that that Dr. James Giordano has talked about. Uh, Definitely military grade. And so there's a purpose for all this and I think it's going to be to walk people into this idea of technocracy. They already had Andrew Yang pushing this stuff uh, coming from the Democrat side who was backed by Elon Musk. Now people believe that Elon Musk is on the right as they're making him look like he's battling with the federal government that built him up and at the end of the day he's a minion of Peter Thiel. Again Thiel was the Don of the PayPal Mafia, Musk was one of the members of the PayPal Mafia. and so, So you had Musk backing Yang, who pushed the concepts of universal basic income. And I saw that firsthand, folks, when I went to Politicon with Chrissy Piccolo, who had me on her show. I played it here on the Dustin Gold Standard and with Douglas Dakota, who I used to produce for. And we went for, I think, two or three days. It was in Nashville. And we had interviewed all these people on the left and the majority of them were pushing either Bernie Sanders or Andrew Yang. And they loved all these young kids loved the idea of universal basic income. So you can see right there uh, that Elon Musk was successful in backing Yang to push the ideas of universal basic income onto the left. Then under Donald Trump. A couple of years later, uh, we ended up with basically universal basic income, which was the stimulus checks released under COVID. So you declare this state of emergency, and then you'll get everybody cheering on getting these checks from the government. To me, that was a test pilot for UBI, folks, universal basic income. All right. So right now we set up Blake Masters. You understand who he is. You understand he's inspired by Curtis Yarvin. He is part of the Thiel Network, basically a protege of Thiel. You have him backed by Donald Trump. You have Donald Trump tied back into Peter Thiel. We knew that always was going on, but now he's telling Masters to get more money out of Peter Thiel. Then you have this whole movement, this new right. This heterogeneous movement coming out of uh, Peter Thiel's mouth a month ago, which is really talking about the idea of this new right, this ragtag army, that there are no principles behind it. There are no principles. There's no ideology because it is there as a smokescreen for what is going to rise, which is this technocratic transhumanism. So I found this really good article, believe it or not, on uh, time. Com. This is Time Magazine. And I'm going to go through this with you uh, before I get back to the Curtis Yarvin piece. Uh, you know, a lot of these things, you see them years earlier and then you don't really realize how valuable, how valuable they are. And, and where the misdirection comes from on these articles that are written by people on the left You know, I cover a lot of articles, as does Maria Albanese, by people written on the supposed left, because they'll tell the truth, um, but then they'll misdirect their audience. And that's the same thing with what happens on our side. I told you, there are people like, I don't know, let's just say Alex Jones, use him as an example, where 95% of what he says is true, pretty much 100% of the intelligence he gives you is true, but then they try to misdirect you and push you uh, in a different direction. And you'll see that coming from people like Steve Bannon and others. But with the left, they do the same thing. They'll get their audience to read about the dangers of Peter Thiel, but then they'll attach him to this is why conservatism or this is why libertarianism is bad and is evil, when Peter Thiel is not a conservative or a libertarian. See, so that's the misdirection the left uses. But the facts about Thiel in this are true, Okay, which is why I'm going to use it as a source. But just remember, they they use misdirection to push their audience the left in the other direction. But you won't see these articles come out from the right because the right just automatically has to promote Peter Thiel. They don't give you all the dirt on Peter Thiel, just like the right will write all the dirt about AOC. But then they'll tell you, you know, they'll give you misdirection. Well, you won't see those articles on the left because they won't dig into AOC, All right. you see how this works? All right. When we get back, let me go through this because this will lead us back to this Curtis Yarvin and we can wrap up with Yarvin and then move back on to technocratic transhumanism and finish up the James Giordano piece. But this is very important, folks. All the pieces are coming together right now. All right. I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, I am going to uh, try to read through this time piece fairly quickly. Um, I don't want to get completely distracted by this, but it's important. It's important that we know this. And some people will say, well, what's the solution? Now we know that Peter Thiel isn't the billionaire who's going to save us. You know, what are we going to do now? I don't know, folks. You know, what are we going to start a new political party? No, no. Uh, How are we going to clean up the Republican Party? I, I, I don't know. The point of this is so that you understand that this is way more dangerous than being driven into the hands of rhinos or neocons. I'm not saying we want to be ruled by rhinos or neocons. I'm just saying try to understand what's coming here. Because these folks are trying to bring this technocratic transhumanism under a technocratic monarch. Uh, They are trying to bait everyone into this idea. So this is time.com. The article is Who's Afraid of Peter Thiel? A new biography suggests we all should be. PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel is famous for destroying media outlets, not paying taxes, and becoming a conservative tech billionaire. A new biography, The Contrarian, suggests that he is after more than riches. Time chatted with its author, journalist Max Chafkin. now i told you peter calls himself a contrarian he also calls himself a conservative he also calls himself a libertarian (laughs) he calls himself many things he's the head of the uh, heterogeneous movement Uh, heterogeneous movement jesus say it right dustin all right it goes on to say uh now, now these are some questions that the Journalist who did this ask the author and then there'll be the author's answers so the journalist says why should we care about peter thiel apart from the fact that he is another rich tech billionaire and they're all weirdly fascinating and so max chafkin who wrote the contrarian says i think that peter thiel is secretly the most important person in silicon valley He's this behind-the-scenes player who is behind so many of the really important things that we have ha- that have happened over the last two decades. See, this is what I'm telling you. You won't see this come from the right. That's why you have to go to left-leaning news sometimes. It says, obviously, Facebook is one of the world's largest companies. A lot of people think it's uniquely bad for the world. And a lot of people are super skeptical of Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook's CEO. And, of course, Thiel is behind Facebook. So, you know, many people believe that Facebook was LifeLog, which grew out of DARPA. And so, again, if you if you believe this, then you have to understand that Thiel was behind the public face of LifeLog, which is Facebook, right? So how can you be for Peter Thiel or any of the candidates that he owns or any of his ideas if at the same time you believe that Facebook was DARPA's LifeLog and it's tracking on everyone everywhere? That means Thiel was the guy they handed it to to turn it into this public company and get people to adopt it under the banner of mark zuckerberg right you see i mean just break these things down and that's why i said i'm going to need a chalkboard soon to start drawing all these things out for everybody and making all these uh connections all right it says um Thiel is behind facebook he was the first outside money in the company He is also the person who basically set up Mark Zuckerberg to be Mark Zuckerberg and turned him into this imperial CEO who is now arguably more powerful than a lot of world leaders. A lot of people are really excited about cryptocurrency and you can connect it back to PayPal, which is the company that Thiel co-founded in the late 1990s with an explicitly libertarian ethos. I, I told you guys before. That PayPal was basically the first digital currency and it was totally 100% uh, created with the cooperation uh, of the government. It was allowed to exist. The government could have just shut it down if it wanted to. There's this aspect of crypto world now where people are really excited about the idea of taking power away from institutions and governments. And that's something that Thiel and his libertarian brethren that were starting that company were really interested in. It's not something that happens accidentally. Okay, so see, that's just as a teaching moment for you, that's the misdirection. So the idea that Theo is behind uh, Facebook and the rise of Mark Zuckerberg is correct. They're not going to tell you that the government was involved with that, misdirection number one. But the facts in here are important because you see that the left is at least being educated on Peter Thiel. The second part is, yes, PayPal was the very beginning of this idea of cryptocurrency and it rose to power and the adoption campaign came because so many people were hooked on eBay and PayPal became this payment system uh, used with eBay and that's how they ran the adoption campaign on that, for those of you who, who didn't live through that world. But then what they say is this idea of crypto is to take power away from the government uh, and the government institutions painting the government and the institutions of the government as if they're good and that this conservative libertarian idea of crypto is to take away the power from the government when in fact it's all done in cooperation with the government as you see central bank digital currency will be what comes out of the last 10 years of the crypto world, which is really just the test pilot beta program for CBDC. And you also know that Peter Thiel, through the Thiel Fellowship, which was run by the Thiel Foundation, which was run by Blake Masters. <laughs> See how it all connects, folks. Uh, set up the gentleman that created Ethereum, which is basically the cryptocurrency used to run most of the metaverse worlds and the non-fungible tokens, all right? Again, that's all Peter Thiel. They don't say that in the article. That's the misdirection. But you see how intertwined Thiel is to everything? It says, do you see Thiel as dangerous... And Max says, it's really important that we understand the ideology of Silicon Valley. Five of the top 10 companies in the world are tech companies. They exert an enormous cultural and economic influence over our lives. They're also partnered in with the government on almost every level. He's not telling you that. Again, a piece of misdirection. So he's saying that Thiel's going after the uh, government with crypto. And then he's now telling you that five of the top 10 tech companies, five of the top 10 companies in the world are tech companies, but he doesn't tell you those are all partnered in with the government. Uh, we can get into that at a later time, folks. He goes, those companies have been really successful at telling a story about the world and their place in the world. We're just trying to make the world a better place. Theo comes with a very different perspective. He comes out of activist conservative media. I think it's really important that we explore the idea of what somebody like Peter Theo believes. When you start peeling back the layers, what you find is this very out there political and economic philosophy that I think is a little bit scary, right? But he's not telling you, see, he's trying to paint this idea of this conservative libertarian outlaw. What he's not telling you is that Peter Thiel is behind uh, technocracy and transhumanism, all right? But again, this is important for you to understand this because a lot of what they're saying is true. They just misdirect you, okay? I'll always pull it back into the to the message. It should be there. It says, what do you find scary about his economic and political philosophy? The author says it's bordering on fascism. Now, that's good. That's good. It is bordering on fascism. But this guy parallels fascism to conservatism or libertarianism because that's the label that Peter Thiel wears on his sleeve. It says Thiel taught this class at Stanford and then turned it into a book called Zero to One, again, co-authored by Blake Masters, who we started out with. It says he talks about how companies are better run than governments because they have a single decision maker, a dictator, basically, all right? And we'll get more into Zero to One later, but yes, this is the idea behind Zero to One. Thiel is hostile to the idea of democracy. That's pretty scary when you consider the role the companies that he's been involved in play. Facebook, I'd say, is the most influential media entity in the history of humanity, but Theo also has a major stake in several defense contractors, including SpaceX. Okay, so he's 100% right on that. And he's saying he has a stake in several defense contractors, right? But he makes Thiel look like as he's coming to subvert the government, but Thiel is doing this stuff in partnership with the government. At the end of the day, the government hires the defense contractors. So if the government didn't want to do business with Peter Thiel, they wouldn't. But in fact, the government, the CIA via its venture firm InQtel, was the initial investor in Palantir, Peter Thiel's data company, which is embedded in almost every government agency. All right, see this is the stuff they leave out here, but there's important stuff like zero to one talking about you know having a dictator run the company, and as you can see, this is the type of uh system in which the c s would Run the country. Now, I'm sure Theo would not like a dictator that tells him to get the hell out of here. He wants a dictator that he controls, right? Or a dictator that will enact a technocracy run by his scientists, engineers, and technologists, or eventually run by his artificial intelligence. Goes on to ask, he would explain it as belief in efficiency and results, right? He would not say, quote, I don't think everybody has the right to vote, end quote. The author says there would be some rationale, and in fact, at various times, Theo has walked back things he said. His whole thing is being slippery, but I think when you look at the body of what he's done and the things he's been involved with, what's the picture that emerges? And and that's what we're talking about here he constantly contradicts himself all right and a lot of the things he says are ironic but it's the same as elon musk you know with saying that ai is dangerous and it's going to destroy humanity while at the same time building the ai that's going to destroy humanity excuse me it goes on to say a lot of people were very surprised that this nerdy gay californian son of immigrants tech uh techpreneur like an entrepreneur in tech, decided to support Donald Trump's presidency. Was it just the pure, I'm going to shut down government aspect of Trump's policies that he liked? Now, you know that Peter Thiel is in for shutting down the government because he has billions of dollars in contracts with the United States government. He's embedded in all these government agencies. It goes on to say, if you look at his convention speech, which I think was a really good speech, he talks about Trump as this guy who's going to shake things up, who's going to remake government. So I think that's one part of it. The other part of it is Thiel is very committed to the idea of being able to say the unpopular thing. That's a core part of what Trump was. That's this idea that Theo calls himself a contrarian, by the way. Like, he is the disruptor, he's on the outside, he's against the norm. Goes on to say, I also think that Theo is a really savvy investor, and he correctly diagnosed that Trump had a pretty good chance of winning, and that there wasn't a lot of downside to betting on him. He didn't formally endorse Trump during the 2020 election, but if you look at the candidates, he's now supporting they're Trumpers. J.D. Vance, who's running for Senate in Ohio, was an employee of Peter Thiel's and an investor in his fund. Before announcing that he was going to run for Senate, Vance said that he was wrong in 2016 to oppose Trump. And around the same time, he got this $10 million donation from Thiel to his Super PAC. See, there's the Super PAC, so Thiel... Gave it right to the super PAC. It says another candidate that Thiel is supporting in the coming cycle is Blake Masters, who is literally an employee. He runs Thiel's foundation, right? So there you go. They're, they're openly talking about this, but they're making it appear that these guys, Vance and Masters, are behind Trump. They're Trumpers, when in fact they're really theolites or Thealists. I don't know what you'd call them goes on to ask, did Theo get blowback about the January 6th attack on Congress? The author says, I think certainly his reputation in certain corners of the establishment has suffered, but I don't think he really cares about the blowback. He seems to really take pleasure in that. It goes on to ask, do you have a guess at his net worth? And this is something I brought up to Maria Albanese today when I talked to her, the author says, there's an estimate of $6 billion, but I have talked to people who think actually quite a bit higher than that. And then, um, folks, the reason why I believe that is because you're reading these numbers. He's throwing around $15 million to Blake Masters. He's putting $50 million into this company, $100 million into this company. Okay, a guy with only 6000000000 billion can't throw money around like that. Not a, you wouldn't give one candidate $15 million, folks you know you you just you wouldn't do that you you couldn't you just couldn't do that all right folks let's finish this up when i get back because we got to move on to a couple other pieces here but i just want you to really have an understanding here of peter thiel and in the business world he promotes this idea of having a dictator run these companies and on the outside he's backing people like curtis Jarvis, who are out there pushing the idea of a dictator to run the country folks this is Peter Thiel that we are looking into. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold of the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. you listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.